0: Hello and welcome to episode 725 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton and we are recording on Sunday, November 26th, 2023 in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. A very happy birthday to my father. I love you, Dad, very much. Today is the Sunday prayer to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain the forgiveness of our sins, of course, by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguori. Behold, O mother of God, at thy feet a miserable sinner, a slave of hell, who has recourse to thee and trusts in thee. I do not deserve that thou shouldest even look at me, but I know that thou, having seen thy son die for the salvation of sinners, hast the greatest desire to help them. I hear all call thee the refuge of sinners, the hope of those who are in despair and the help of the abandoned. Thou art then my refuge, my hope, and my help. Thou hast to save me by thy intercession. Help me for the love of Jesus Christ. Extend thy hand to a miserable creature who has fallen and recommends himself to thee. I know that thy pleasure is to help a sinner to the utmost. Help me therefore, now that thou canst do so. By my sins I have lost divine grace, and with it my soul. I now place myself in thy hands. Tell me what I must do to recover the favor of my Lord, and I will immediately do it. He sends me to thee, that thou mayest help me, and he wills that I should have recourse to thy mercy. That not only the merits of thy son, but also that thy intercession may help me to save my soul. To thee, then, I have recourse. Do thou, who prayest for so many others, pray also to Jesus for me. Ask him to pardon me, and he will forgive me. Tell him that thou desirest my salvation, and he will save me. Show how thou canst enrich those who trust in thee. Amen, thus I hope, thus may it be. We're going to take a look today, friends, at another article from the November-December 2023 edition of The Angelus, billing itself as the voice of traditional Catholicism. This is the publication of the Society of St. Pius X. I've also begun reading Mr. Kennedy Hall's book about Marcel Lefebvre and the society called SSPX, The Defense, spelled with uh, a C in defense there, traditional. Canadian fashion, very much looking forward to that book. This is entitled My Path to Tradition by Stephen Farley. I take it that the SSPX interviews individuals and asks them how they came to um, following traditional Catholicism, how they came to the traditional Latin Mass, and how they came to attending a traditional uh, parish, the Society of St. Pius X in this instance. So the initial question is, tell us a little about yourself. Where did you grow up? And what was your level of exposure to Catholicism as a child and as a young adult? And Mr. Farley responds, I grew up in a town of 1,200 In western Oregon, a logging town, my exposure to Catholicism came from the few Catholic kids in school and the stories my father would tell about his time in a Catholic hospital in the late 1940s. A young nun smuggled a watermelon to his room under her habit for him and his roommate. That kindness stuck with me. My strongest connection to Catholicism came through Tolkien and Shakespeare during my long Protestant winter that lasted into my 30s. My journey to Catholicism was mainly intellectual. I was dating a Catholic woman who didn't know her faith. Well, she began attending my Protestant quote, church with me, but had no intentions of converting. So I grabbed something Catholic to read and debunk the little flowers of St. Francis of Assisi. I pointed out how silly and fantastical the story sounded that failed miserably. Then I heard about this catechism business. So I figured, That wouldn't be too hard to pick apart. This was the first new catechism in 400 years. Halfway through, I was ready to be Catholic. However, it was too close to Easter. So I was made to wait until the next Easter over a year away. That was a bitter pill, but I swallowed it. The year after I entered the church. What experience first piqued your interest in tradition? I think my interest in tradition was always a driving force in my search for home, capital H. From the time I realized that Catholicism was something I had to seriously consider, I knew that I wanted the full-throated battle cry Catholicism that I read about and saw reflected in the lives of the saints and in history, even as I found myself wading through the the church-in-the-round Catholicism of my first parish. The cognitive dissidence was real and intense at times, "'driving me to constant frustration. "'But my path to tradition was not straight. "'I grew up reading Tolkien in junior high and high school. "'I believe it may have begun there. "'His Middle Earth could have only been conceived "'in a thoroughly traditional mind. "'It made no sense in modernity. "'One had to really enter into Tolkien's rich and delicious world, "'and it left modernity tasting stale and flat, "'lifeless and spoiled.' It planted a nameless desire in my young mind that was later buttressed and fed by studying Shakespeare for a year in college. Not because I had to, but for the sheer joy of it. In fact, prior to college, I had spent six years in the military, ending in a deployment to Saudi Arabia. While there, I had secured, dragged around, and read the complete works of Shakespeare. After conversion to Catholicism and while I was attending the Novus Ordo, I read everything I could get my hands on and eventually got a hold of a Michael Davies book. I believe it was Liturgical Shipwreck. But I was quickly scared away by those who warned me of other converts who had run in the front door of the church only to run right out the back. Then I heard, in the very early 2000s, of a Latin Mass being said at St. Patrick's in Portland, Oregon. I went once and was stunned. The scola was singing arrangements by William Byrd, and they were amazing. Still, I returned to Mendova Sordo Parish, two hours south, and suffered with absence of beauty as well as sometimes questionable homilies and lack of reverence. Underneath all that, what I was seeing was a river of cognitive dissonance. I was told that what I had fallen in love with was the church triumphant, and that what I was frustrated with was the church militant, with her imperfect skin and warts, I had simply conflated the two. I married in 2004 and we eventually adopted our son. We began attending our neighborhood parish a 15 minute walk away because it had 24 hour adoration and we had heard that the priest was traditional. He wore a cassock and preached like a firebrand Protestant preacher with lots of energy and passion. Once a month, he offered a Latin mass using the 1962 missal. But he also did healing masses and professed charismatic gifts, such as some of the Protestant sects profess. He used Neil Lozano's book Unbound in the confessional, something the archbishop supported. Neil came out of the Jesus People movement of the late 60s, early 70s. It all became too much. I didn't become Catholic and lose my old church family, as well as strain my relationship with siblings and parents, only to be half Catholic and a half a brand of Protestantism I had rejected as a Protestant. I knew then that there was more to the claims of Archbishop Lefebvre than I had been told. Likewise, all was not well where I was. And further, that where I was was the Novus Ordo in a nutshell. Well-meaning, passionate priests were left with no guide, while bad priests had a blank check. It was a mad synthesis, a split personality church. My Archbishop had already abandoned us during the COVID lockdowns. It was time to look for the priests who wouldn't abandon us, for those who held to a sure norm, the unshakable and time-tested truth. We had, through a process of elimination, only one place left. We looked at the Society of St. Pius X, and we have not been disappointed. What issues did you wrestle with during your conversion to tradition And how have you found resolutions to those concerns? My first concern was simply, can I attend a society chapel in good conscience and receive the sacraments? I found exceptionally good help here by listening to the SSPX podcasts on YouTube. This shortened the study arc considerably. I also wanted to hear Archbishop Lefebvre in his own words. Reading the three-volume set, Apologia pro Marcel Lefebvre by Michael Davies was beneficial but not critical. Reading an open letter to confused Catholics is an excellent place to begin, especially now, as it seems we are reliving the 1970s all over again, both in the church and in society. Another issue that arose was one of supply jurisdiction. Reading the thin booklet by the same name laid out the case for and laid to rest concerns about jurisdiction. Why did you settle on the SSPX as opposed to some other TLM community? In this unprecedented time in church history, it is more important than ever to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. As a husband and father, I had to get ahead of the curve and find a spiritual refuge for my family, one where we wouldn't be locked out and abandoned again, like unwanted stepchildren from a grimace fairy tale story. I also had to find us a home where Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi, Lex Vivendi is taken seriously, It's not just the liturgy with pretty things or an appealing aesthetic. Beauty does matter, and assisting at a mass where the architecture itself isn't shouting you down with all its Bauhaus or brutalist might is a huge win. The harmony of liturgy, theology, and aesthetics is not boutique Catholicism. It's essential. If I went to a diocesan TLM, the priests just don't get the education that the society priests do. And in a show of wisdom, the assets of the society are protected from hierarchical whims. Our chapels and priories will be there for us, our children, and our grandchildren. What practices or devotions within tradition have you found to be most fruitful for you? I am a third-order postulant with the society, which gives my daily prayer focus when I am successful and a measuring rod for when I am not. I'd always prayed the rosary, but now it's the family rosary every day that I try to make sure happens. At times, I pray the rosary of the seven dollars, the seven sorrows our blessed mother experienced as a mother of God. We are still in the process of assimilating so much of our patrimony that was stolen from us. Have you seen the prayers in the recolta? That alone could fill every minute of every day and then some. Traditional life is as deep and rich as you want to go. Now that you are a traditional Catholic, what are the greatest challenges that you face? Coasting is always a danger. Thinking you have, quote, arrived is always a temptation the evil one uses to lure us to complacency. Pride is a challenge as well, as is dealing with the complicated fallout of having been abandoned by my archbishop and even the Pope. It is then I remember that love is an act of the will and that it is my duty to pray for them that they execute their office in such a way that they attain heaven through God's mercy and grace, and that I must obey them in all things lawful. It is not an easy thing to maintain in these times. And finally, do you have any advice for the reader who may be considering but not yet committed to tradition? My advice to any Catholic who desires to experience his full patrimony on earth is to visit a society chapel, attend a mass or two, and speak with a priest of the society. Do not be content with what detractors say, but let the society speak for itself. And get to know Archbishop Lefebvre in his own words. Take advantage of the informative video series the society has on YouTube. Many questions are also answered there. We may feel orphaned by bishops and the Holy Father, but our Lord did not leave us. He gave us his mother and a heaven full of good popes and bishops, priests, monks, nuns, and lay saints. We are not Alone. So ends the interview. I'm currently attending a diocesan TLM, but if there was a Society of St. Pius X Chapel that was closer to me, I would certainly go. And if this local TLM I'm currently attending ever goes out of existence, I will drive the distance to the SSPX Chapel. I was blessed for a brief time to attend an SSPX Chapel. Up in South Buffalo, New York, it was wonderful. The homilies were outstanding. The advice I received in confession was excellent. Was excellent, excuse me. I missed that a great deal. So once again, I highly advise that you get yourself to the traditional Latin Mass. And you can certainly fulfill your Sunday obligation as well as Holy Day obligation by attending a Society of St. Pius X Chapel. People who tell you that the Society of St. Pius X is schismatic or their priests are heretics, with all due respect to those folks, um, they either don't know what they're talking about, if you you want to take the most charitable perspective, or they are lying to you. So feel free to attend an SSPX chapel. Um, I've been... Again, limited experience, um, only a, a few priests I've heard homilies from or been in the confession, confessional, I should say, but very impressed with their priests. And Archbishop Lefebvre, may his beautiful soul rest in peace. That's what he was all about, sticking to the traditional teachings of Holy Mother Church, including the traditional liturgy, but also the formation of priests and seminaries. It is excellent in the Society of St. Pius X, and it is woefully lacking in most other places. Let us conclude, friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach available on the web at halo aorg That's halo-soma.org. Also, please tune in to episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, which have to do with RPM, that's an acronym for rapid prompting method, a system of communication for non-speakers. Before my niece was eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now, thanks to God's grace working through RPM, her hard work and that of her family, we know that she can compose music. She's a poet, very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. And I've had the privilege of coming to know other non-speakers who communicate via RPM some of the most compassionate creative and intelligent human beings you will ever meet but their families didn't know that until rpm this is as huge of a breakthrough as braille was for the blind or for the deaf sign language it's absolutely massive but you can't use a tool unless you know about it so please spread that website and those episodes of Our Lady's podcast far and wide, and may God richly bless you for it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, and please tune in again next time. Goodbye, and God love you.